of the universe. We ask, Lord, you would open our minds and our hearts and enlighten us and fill us with your spirit, with your word, and with your truth through your great glory and grace. In Yeshua's holy name, amen. Our topic tonight as we go through the book of Kings, we'll cover Uzziah, the king of Judah, part one of his life out of 2 Chronicles chapter 26 and 2 Kings chapter 15. So we've covered all the kings that are there covered in yellow. Almost all the ones in the top of Israel, the tribes in Israel in the north. And we're up to Uzziah there in the pink uh, and the tribes of Judah, uh, under Judah in the south, Judah, Benjamin, and in the south. We covered a bunch of the prophets so far. And we're up to Uzziah. And you can see Uzziah has a, a long box for his name. Uh, he, he starts in Jeroboam, uh, parallel with Jeroboam II in the top. And he outlives so about four or five of those kings, reigns, continues to reign uh, through the existence of about, like I say, four or five of them, almost to the end of the kingdom of Israel in the north, ancient Israel in the north, as well as during the time of some of the prophets that we've already looked at, Amos and Hosea. Okay, so reading out of 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verse 1. Amaziah reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. And we covered that chapter in his account and how he was loyal and then how he wasn't loyal. And then in 2 Kings chapter 15, verse 1. In the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, so that's again the northern tribes, Uzziah, the son of Amaziah, king of Judah, became king. So as again, now he's reigning over the south, matching up when he begins his reign. So he begins his reign in the 27th year of the king of the north. He was 16 years old when he became king. So, you know, young for kings. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Akaliah of Jerusalem. Now, not all the mothers are named, but it's interesting she's named, and so that is a you know, nice endorsement uh, for her uh, that she is named as the king's mother. And so he reigns in Jerusalem, reigns 52 years. Again, a long time as far as kings go. Uh, one of the longest reigning kings in, uh, in Judah's history, Judah or Israel. Uh, he outdoes any in Israel by far, but uh, one of the longest in, uh, in Judah as well, 52 years. And with 52 years, you'd think there would be chapters and chapters and chapters about him. But there's only two chapters, one in Second Chronicles and one in Second Kings. And they say basically the same thing. Actually, Second Kings is a very shortened version, only a few verses in Second Kings about him. And uh, Second Chronicles, where we'll be looking mostly tonight, uh, gives us a much more uh, detail. I say much more, 52 years in one chapter, and it's a fairly short chapter as chapters go. Why do you think that is? Why he reigns 52 years, and he only gets a chapter and then a matching few verses in another book? He was consistent? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see in the next verse. Verse 4, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And that's why there's only one chapter about him. 
because he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. So there's not much to write about. The Bible writers write when they did something wrong. It doesn't spend a lot of time writing about when they were good. It's just how it is. I don't know. It's just how it is throughout the, throughout the scriptures. Just not a lot to say about all the good years. And so here it talks about the, the good years. We'll, we'll see. Not this week. Another week. And he doesn't make a mistake. And that's where most of the verses spend their time. On what he did wrong. And not so much on what he did right. But we'll look at what he did right uh, a little bit tonight. So one of the things he did right is he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And he sought God. And he sought God in seeking God, but he also sought God in obeying the words of the Lord of Zechariah, who was a prophet of God. And we don't have any of the writings of Zechariah. There is a Bible book named Zechariah, but that's not this Zechariah. That Zechariah lives a whole lot later. Unless this guy lived a very, very long time, um, uh, this is not the same one. And so, uh, but there was a Zechariah prophet. We don't have any of that prophet's writings for whatever reason. We don't know how long he prophesied, how long he was there with, uh, with King Uzziah. Again, he was, King Uzziah was 52 years. But uh, he did seek God and he listened to Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God. And so it was very wise, listened to the prophet, sought the Lord. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And so one lesson we can learn from King Uzziah, uh, or actually two, really three I could have put in there, is we need to seek God. And in seeking God, we will prosper by God. Our prosperity comes through God and comes through seeking God. Right? Because it says God made him to prosper. So we'll see, he does a lot of wise things and, and did a lot of uh, good things, but that's not what made him prosper. It was God who made him prosper. Amen. And that's where our prosperity comes from. It comes from God. And we need to seek God in order to get that. And we also, I could have put a third one in there again, listen to the prophets who have understanding in the visions of God. We need to read God's word. We need to pay attention to God's word. We need to... Uh, obey God's word, seek God's word, and study it, and allow it to be lived out in our lives. Okay, verse 6, he went forth and warred against the Philistines and broke down the wall of Gath, Jabneth, and of Ashdod, and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines, and God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians, and against the Mahunims, whoever. God helped him. He went forth, he went to battle, he went and attacked the enemies of God, and God blessed him, and God worked through him and with him. And so we need to resist the enemy as we seek God. It says, draw near to God, resist the devil, and he shall flee. Very important formula for us to have down in our mind and apply in our heart. When temptation comes against us, when Satan comes as a roaring lion, and again, our enemies are not flesh and blood, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but our real enemies are principalities and powers and dark places and the power of the devil and his evil angels. Now, those devils and evil angels will use human beings often, uh, but not necessarily always, uh, and to come against us. And we need to draw near to God as he did, sought God, prospered under God, listened to God, listened to God's word, 
and he resisted the enemy, and then he also built defenses. Built up the cities around Ashdod, and he built up the walls and protected the cities that he had. And we need to also seek God, read God's word, study God's word, ingest God's word, prosper in God, and move forward against the enemies of God. And again, I'm not talking so much about human beings, but against the principalities, against the temptations that come our way to resist the devil, to resist his temptations, to resist evil, to resist worldliness, to resist all the different ways that the devil tries to infiltrate into our minds, into our hearts, into our lives through corrupt understandings, misunderstandings, uh, wrong thinking, negative thinking, um, doubts, discouragements, uh, lying, gossip, all the various ways that Satan tries to come into our minds and hearts. We need to resist and attack those enemies. Don't just live with them. Just don't go along with them. Well, this is how I've always thought. This is how I've always been. We need to resist that and go against it in the power of the Lord. Attack the enemies in your life. To try and destroy our souls. Verse 8. The Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah, and his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt, for he strengthened exceedingly. And so God blessed him so much as he went forth and attacked the enemies that they ended up giving gifts to him. And his name spread abroad. As we seek God, seek God's word, attack the enemies in our souls, we then spread out and tell others. We minister to others. We bless others. And they become blessed, and they thank God, and we're a blessing to them. God ends up using them as a blessing back to us as well. We need to spread out, spread the word of God, take the word of God with us everywhere we go. <coughs> we need to be instant in season and out of season. Uh, there's a, a man, John, in, in Newport Richie. He just always, he's always got his cards with him, and from the Best El Shalom cards and the Shalom Adventure cards, he's got them with him in his pocket. And uh, just this week, uh, I was with him, and we were... Uh, helping somebody out, and, uh, and this other guy came to, was hired to, to do some other job, and John went over to him and, and said hi to him, and they uh, got a discussion over something, and before John left him, he invited him to services, he gave him a card, he's just always there, ready with a card, and several people have come to services as a result of John, and we have even some members in Newport, as a result of John inviting people, and so we need to spread abroad, and uh, all the way, entered all the way to, to Egypt, for he strengthened exceedingly. We can't, there was a uh, uh, group, I forget the, the name of the religion, uh, Zoroasterism, Zoroasterism, something like that, and uh, they were a small group in, 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 in Persia, and uh, or they, they were Persians were, and they were uh, commanded not to proselytize, not to share the word that they believe their faith with other people. And they agreed to that. I forget what country they were being ruled over at that time. But they agreed with that and went along with that. And it wasn't long before they ceased to exist. God calls us to share what he has shown us and what he has <coughs> taught us. So we need to spread out and we will be strengthened and strengthened in the Lord. Verse 9, moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate 
and at the turning of the wall and fortified them and he built towers in the desert. So he sought God, he attacked the enemy, began spreading out, was prosperous, strengthened, uh, even the former enemies are now giving him gifts, but then he still builds up walls and strengthens this wall and builds a tower here and a tower there, towers all over the place. Why? We need to be on guard always. The devil doesn't give up. Even after we come to the Lord and the Lord gives us some victories, he doesn't give up. There might be times where he just lays low and waits until a time where we're weak and then he attacks again. We need to fortify and build up the towers. Be on watch. Be watchful unto prayer. Be alert at all times for the devil. That's when David fell, right? When he was at ease and uh, it was a time when the kings went to war and instead of going to war with his, with his army, he stayed at home and kicked back and felt comfortable and safe. And uh, when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes. We are not at peace on this earth. Right? We're not in heaven yet. Don't mix this up. Don't think this is heaven. We're not there yet. Uh, so, you know, we start feeling comfortable. We start feeling at ease. We still feel safe and secure. That's when the devil attacks. So we press on. We're on enemy territory. I mean, you can imagine if anyone was, you know, in the military during a wartime. And if not, you can picture yourself. Okay, you're in the battle, right? And you're, you're fighting and, and you got your army with you and, and you're charging forward. And the next thing you know, you're on enemy territory. The rest of the army is pulled back for whatever reason. And you're on enemy territory, surrounded by enemy all around. You need to be on guard all the time. That's where we're at. We're on enemy territory. Now, thankfully, we're not alone, but we are on enemy territory. So be alert at all times. And so he protected the home field as well. So as he went forth against the enemy, then he protected and we build up our protection again by being prayer, instant in prayer, watchful, strengthening ourselves in God's word, uh, again, sharing God's word, being on the offensive and on the defensive. So he went on the offensive and attacked, went on the offensive and spread, but then also on the defensive and built up his walls. And we need to protect our mind, what comes into the mind, what we read, what we listen to, what we think about, be on the defensive as well. Trusting in God's might, trusting in God's strength, and build up the barriers against Satan's attempts to get in and to affect us. Again, it's often through the slow whisperings that come into our minds, oh, they don't like me, they're treating me not nice. Oh, it must be because of, you know, my eye color or whatever. You know, something they don't, you know, poor me. And we start just subtly, subtly wears us down. We need to be on the defensive. Guard our minds. Listen to what God says. You are his beloved child in whom he is well pleased because he has paid the ultimate price for you. So you are greatly valued not because you're so pretty or anything else. You're really valued because of what God has paid for you. And so we are precious in his eyes. So it's like we are the apple of his eye. You know, we protect our eyes at all costs. You know, we are very precious to him. He loves us 
with an everlasting love. And so he loves us. And so we need to protect our mind with, with his thoughts regarding us, his calling upon us. As he prayed, uh, lead us not into temptation. We need to pray, God, don't allow me to go into temptation. Don't set yourself up for temptation. Right? There are certain settings that bring you down. There are certain settings that, that, uh, that cause you to, you know, certain people maybe, they're just so negative all the time, and if you're not strong enough neck yet to, to, to change the conversation and lift them up, then we need to be guarding, guarding our mind. You know, if we're addicted to certain television shows or certain things that just take over our mind and, and, uh, and does to get us uh, thinking thoughts that aren't biblical thoughts, pure thoughts, godly thoughts, heavenly thoughts, we need to be able to cut that off. We need to stop it. We need to protect the mind, protect the heart, protect the body, protect the soul. And so that would include also the body, because as our body weakens, then our mind weakens. So we need to keep the body strong in the Lord, healthy in the Lord, and following God's plan, following what God has laid out for us. Protect the home, build the towers, fortify the towers. Verse 10, he dug many wells, for he had much cattle in the plains and in the low country. He had vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel and husbandmen also, for he loved husbandry. So he sought God, attacked the enemy, had peace, fortified the cities, and then had lots of cattle and vines and grapes and, and uh, farming. He fed the people. He provided for the people. So we need to feed our soul, feed on the word of God, feed on, again, coming from messages and coming for the midweek service and, and, uh, and reading the word of God every day on our own, being fed, and then ministering to others as well. Being fed so much in abundance that we then allow it to pour out and to bless others and to share with others and to take God's word into others. It's a real tremendous blessing in sharing God's word with others and watching the lights come on in their minds and seeing them gain victories and uh, helping them through the struggles in their lives. Powerful as we take God's word and bless others and feed others. It's wonderful as we minister to them in other ways, whatever their needs are. We can go and minister and help other people. Whatever our talent is, whatever our gift is, uh, and whatever God has blessed you with, use it in blessing other people and helping other people. That's why we're alive. It's not merely to just use our talents and abilities to gain wealth. He's given us gifts, abilities, talents, wisdom, skills, hand skills, voice skills, to be a blessing to others, to use it in helping others. So what gift has God given you to bless others? What talent has he given you to minister to others, to use in helping others? Verse 11. So moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men that went out to war by bands according to the number of their account by the hand of Jael, the scribe, and whoever that other guy is, the ruler, and under the hand of this other guy, one of the king's captains. So he had several people, right? So he strengthened the nation, built these fortified towers, but didn't just build towers, didn't just build farms, 
didn't just attack the enemy, didn't just receive wealth, but he also built people. He built leaders. He built rulers. He built people up. And that's our main calling, is to build people up. We're in the people-building business, and blessing other people, feeding other people, helping other people, and training them to use their gifts and their talents that God has given them. And so three of them are listed here with their different talents. One is a scribe, uh, one is a ruler, and this other one has uh, over the captains. And so each one had a different gift, a different assignment, and these guys ministered to others as well. And so you had King Uzziah and then these other people under him working and serving and other people working under him. And we see that God's direction with Moses and other places in the Bible where people helping other people, people blessing other people, people being accountable for other people. And we need to be accountable for one another, ministering to one another, helping one another, praying for one another. As we see someone's missing, contacting them, encouraging them, and not just within the congregation, but also within our neighborhoods. Are you praying for the people in your neighborhood? Do you know your neighbors' names? Do you talk to your neighbors? Get to know your neighbors, or people at work, or people in school. Ministering the people and building them up and helping them. And so you see, Osiah was doing all these great things. He was a great outline on how to live our life in walking with God, in building up the kingdom of God. That's what he did physically, build up the kingdom of God. God blessed him 52 years building up the kingdom. He didn't just say, well, I'm king, I'm just going to sit back, kick back here. He actively built up the kingdom. The kingdom had been there a long time prior to him, and he built it up even more. God calls us to build up his kingdom, to work together and network with other people. He didn't just go it alone, just a lone soldier. He worked with others. He paired with others. He partnered with others and worked together with others. A lot of people, they, 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 you know, there's some people who name ministries after themselves, and the whole thing is all about them. Uh, there's other people who, who just have their, just their own religion. You know, they, they just sit at home and do their own thing. God calls us to minister and network with other people, work together in moving God's work forward. And so he trained others, and he delegated assignments to others, that everybody was active in using their gifts and talents. We are happiest when we are seeking God, God filling us, God cleansing us from sin, removing it from us through the power of the Messiah, washing us clean, and then God filling us and using us in our service. Everyone should be active in using their gifts in some way, shape, or form. Here in the congregation and outside in our lives, uh, again, work, home, neighborhood, uh, schools, delegating assignments, and being trained. Verse 12, the whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600. It wasn't just these three guys. 2,600 people were the fathers of the mighty men of valor. And under their hand was an army. So you got the leaders, and then you got again uh, these other divisions, an army of 307,500 that made war with mighty power 
to help the king against the enemy. Moses was assisted by Aaron and Hur as the army, and Joshua went forth with, with the army and fighting. Uh, Moses stood there with his hands up, and his hands got heavy. They held up, Aaron and Hur held up his hands. Working together, they made war with, the might, with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. We need to work together, partner together, to go a force against the forces of darkness, the enemies of God, moving forward mightily. And so then we need to continue to attack the enemy. So we saw, he saw God and attacked in the beginning. And in our first, when we begin to walk with God, we seek him, we listen to his word, our hearts are changed and transformed and we should attack the enemy. And then as we fortify and build up and protect and, and, and provide and feed and bless others and spread out, we need to stay on the attack. We need to continue to attack. Be defensive, be offensive, be defensive, and also remaining offensive. He didn't just say, okay, we built up our kingdom, we're just gonna build these towers, and now we're just gonna sit here and, and eat of our vineyards. He remained alert and always on the attack. We need to continue to grow. We need to keep on growing. What's the next area? What's the next area God wants to give me victory in? What's the next wall he wants broken down? What's the next area of attack? What's the next stronghold of the devil that needs to be broken in my life or in my community or in my sphere of influence? Remain on the attack working again together in the power of the Lord's might. Verse 14, Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host shields and spears and helmets and harbingers and bows and slings to cast stones. So he also provided for his army. He provided tools for them so that they could do. He trained them, he organized them, some people who don't like organized religion. I've heard many people say that. I don't like organized religion. My common response back is, so you like disorganized religion. There's only two, there's only two options. <laughs> you can either have organized religion or disorganized religion, right? There's nothing in between there. And, uh, and so he organized, he got everyone together, he organized, he built up, he fed them, and then he ministered to them, giving them tools. And working together, giving them tools they needed in the battle. And God has given us tools to fight in our battle. He's given us the helmet of salvation. Knowledge and faith of what God has already done for us, that he has already saved us, that he's already provided salvation for us. Yeshua, our savior, has provided the salvation for us. Protect your head, protect your mind with the helmet of salvation the sword of faith, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, having the tools, the weapons to fight against, quoting the word of God, being instant in season, out of season, to quote the word of God, to know the word of God, store it up in our minds and hearts, and use it at the right time. As Yeshua quoted the word of God back to the devil, as the devil misquoted the Bible to him, it was the word of God that he quoted and cut him asunder. Having the breastplate of righteousness, 
covered in God's righteousness. The talit of righteousness, the covering of righteousness, the white purity of God covering us, his life covering our life, his record covering our record, his righteousness filling our hearts and soul and living the right life out of us. It protects the heart, it protects the soul. It's the breastplate. The shield of faith. Believing God's word to protect us from the darts of the enemy, the fiery darts of the enemy. Once again, as they come with discouraging words and Satan throws darts at us, whether through people or other ways, come into our mind. We have a shield of faith to protect the body and the mind. God's given us armament, having our feet shod with the gospel of peace. Again, spreading out and taking the gospel, going forward in the armor of God and moving forward by God's power and God's grace. Having on our lips all prayer, praying at all times, praying without ceasing, moving forward as the army of God. And so Isaiah understood this. The army could not win the battles without proper armament. And so he provided, prepared for them throughout all the hosts, shields, spears, helmets, all the things they needed to go to battle. God has provided for us everything we need that we can live godly lives so we can be delivered from this world, from delivered from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He's given us everything we need to grow in him. Our God has provided all these things. Our God has provided nourishment for us. He's provided protection for us. He's a strong tower that we can run into. He's provided weaponry to attack the enemy. Verse 15. He made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones. This is an interesting text. He invented... Yeah, the catapult. He invented, or he had cunning men... So again, he had people who were strong in battle and he used them in battle. He had other people who were strong in their minds and he used them. Everyone using their gifts differently. And these cunning men built, invented, some type of catapult or some sort. And crossbows. And to shoot the arrows and great stones. So it must have been big stones that they invented these things to shoot from the top of towers. A what? A trebuchet. It's a, a giant slingshot that shoots huge stones. Okay, what he said. <laughs> slingshot. Well, no, a slingshot, right? Whatever he said. No, it's not quite a slingshot, but it's sort of like a catapult oh, slingshot combo. It's called a trebuchet. A trebuchet. Never heard of that. Okay. I didn't watch enough Jeopardy, I guess, or something like that, right? <laughs> okay. All right, so he, built, he says he invented these things. Or he had men invent these things. So he used his wisdom, and so we need to be creative and innovative in our walk with God, in the spreading of the truth, and taking the truth to others, in attacking the enemy, being alert. We need to be innovative. We need to be in prayer, and allowing God to give us creative ways to improve on what's been done before, to move God's work forward. 
to build up the kingdom of God. We can never just settle. We can never just say, oh, we're enough. We can never just say, oh, well, our building is full enough. We never just satisfied enough. Oh, I've grown enough. Oh, I've gained enough victories. Oh, I'm, I'm now smarter than other people. Or, oh, I'm, I'm not doing what I used to be doing. We need to be innovative and growing and creative in learning and growing in God. God is a creative being. I mean, look at all he's created. I mean, just look at you, right? <laughs> you know, it's very creative, right? We're all unique. And you just look at the animal kingdom and the bug kingdom. I mean, that is creativity. And the fish kingdom and all these other plant kingdoms. Talk about creativity. And that's just on this little planet. And all the different gases and all the different metals and all the different stuff out there. He's creative. And then the whole universe, he's creative. But we were created originally in his image. He has made us to be creative and innovative. So we need to tap into that gift that God has given to us. Again, working together for God's purpose and moving together. Right? And so these were to assist the army, to assist those who built the walls. So we worked together, one with the gifts, the builders, the fighters, the designers, the creators, all working together. The husbandmen, the farmers, all working together. King, all working together to move God's kingdom forward. Verse 15, still 2 Chronicles 26. Verse 15, his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. So he was helped and became strong built up and marvelously helped, really miraculously helped, by God's power, by God's grace. He was built up. So he was empowered by God, and then God calls us to remain humble. But as Paul says, when we are weak, that is when we are strong. When we are dependent on God and dependent on one another, we are built up. Chains in a, and links in a chain, built up together, strengthened together, holding together. Threefold cord, right? A string is stronger than three wrapped together, tied together. We also we need to be tied together, bound together. No lone soldiers in God's kingdom. Powered by God, remaining humble, dependent on God, dependent on one another. So it didn't have to say much about King Uzziah. We see what he did for 52 years. And he continued doing these things for 52 years. And he prospered. That's why God gave him a kingdom. Longer than David's reign. Longer than Solomon's reign. God blessed him 52 years. By doing these things, he sought God. He prospered by God's hand. He resisted the enemy. And he built up defenses against the enemy. He spread out. And he was strengthened as he spread out, taking the word of God. He protected the home. He fed the people. He trained people. He delegated assignments. He again attacked the enemy. He provided tools for his army. He was creative and innovative and sought creative and innovative people to work with him. And he was empowered by God and was strong as long as he remained Dependent on God. He can't be Dallas. Was that Ben? He 
can't beat that arsenal. That's right. That is an arsenal. That's right. That's the arsenal that God wants for each one of us. That's what God wants for us as a congregation. That's what God wants for us as a people. God wants us to seek him continually, prospering in him, and resisting the enemy, building up defenses. So which one of these apply to you? Are you needing to seek God today? To put off seeking God? Maybe you're new to this and God's calling you to seek him. Seek him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, to really seek after him. To pursue him purposely, pursuing, seeking to know God. And to prosper by God's hand. We've been depending on our own hand, or are we depending on God to prosper us? Are we resisting the enemy? What enemy is in your life right now? What's attacking you? Attacking your mind, your heart? What's needling you? What's bothering you? What do you need to go and resist the enemy? What defenses is God calling you to build up? What area do you need to fence in? Where are you weak? Where is a wall broken down? Where does a tower need to be built up? Where do you need to be watchful in? You know, maybe you're strong in some areas and weak in other areas. Where do you need a tower? And maybe you need some watchmen put into those towers to help you out. You know, some of the things like with stopping smoking, you, know, you get a buddy or stopping drinking, you get a buddy to help you out. You can call them when you're being tempted. Build up defenses. Spreading out and being strengthened as we spread out. Who's God calling you to witness to and to share with? What home field needs to be protected? Be blessing others, feeding others. Sharing and training others with the gifts that you know. Right? Like Cheryl does, she teaches dance class. Right? She's teaching us how to dance. Right? She's teaching others, blessing others. Right? What's your gift? Maybe someone needs a cooking class. Maybe someone needs help in, you know, Learning some trade that you know. Delegating assignments, getting other people to help you out. Again, attacking the enemy, being on the offensive. What tools do you need to do what God's called you to do? Maybe you need some training. Maybe you need some, something to help with. Maybe you have a burden to do something, some ministry. You know, let's get together and let's see how we can partner together and maybe provide tools for you to work in that ministry. What creativity, what ideas has God placed on your heart? And to be powered by God. Again, not relying on our own strength, but relying on Him. And remaining humble before Him. We'll be strengthened and we'll prosper in Him. God's word will go forth and spread. So what are you needing out of this list tonight? What area do you need to seek God in? Whatever applies to you, your own personal life, as we pray together, God's grace is large enough and wide enough. And the salvation has already been provided for. If God's given us his son, is there anything else he would withhold from us? No, nothing. All right, so whatever we're needing out of this list, we move forward by God's grace. Let's claim it as we pray together. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, as we seek you and seek to prosper your work and seek your work, see your work go forward, to attack the enemy that is affecting us and affecting our souls as well as affecting this community, Lord, move us forward unitedly to attack the 
the enemy of the souls, the destroyer of souls. Lord, build up our defenses. Put us on the offensive. Lord, feed our hearts and feed our minds with your word. May we be dependent on your word and seek you and seek your word for wisdom, innovation, creativity. May we partner together and network together, and organize together in moving your work forward. Lord, use us in moving your work forward. Keep us humble before you and dependent on you. May your work spread throughout the earth. And we ask these things in Yeshua's holy name.